Welcome to the Spiritual AF Life Podcast, a magical place where your host, Heather Danielle, psychic medium, will bring the mystical woo-woo world down to earth in practical ways. Tune in every Monday for your weekly reading and on Wednesdays to hear fascinating conversations with spiritual experts, uplifting stories, and deep dives into the metaphysical world, all to help you tap into the invisible guidance that's all around you. It's time to start living a spiritual AF life. Get cozy, the conversation is starting now. Hey, today we have a very amazing, high vibrating conversation with our amazing special guest, Stephanie Banks. Now, I do have to put a little bit of a warning up here before we dive into this conversation because it is so high vibrating that I felt myself becoming ungrounded during this conversation. It was just, I don't even know how to describe it. So I want you to, if you can, Put your feet on the ground and I want you to imagine roots coming out of your feet and then going down into the earth. If you can't do that, I just want you maybe to push your feet a little bit further into the floor before before you. And I kind of just want you to set the intention that you are going to ground yourself. And this is going to help you during the course of this conversation and even after it, just be a little bit more grounded, centered, and connected. And that's the reason why that you won't feel so spacey afterwards, that you might not feel forgetful and things like that, because this is such a fun conversation and it is just jam-packed with so much like little golden nuggets and everything and I just wanted to make sure that it didn't imbalance you okay so that when you're done with it you're not like flying high and feeling a little bit out of your body so I just want you to set the intention to come back down to earth a little bit and if you're ready I want to tell you a little bit about Stephanie. Stephanie is a highly sought after intuitive channel mentor and guide who helps people connect on a soul level. She channels the perspective of any soul currently on the planet, souls on the other side, purely non-physical beings such as spirit guides as well as trees, animals, and Gaia. And don't worry, we dive right into all of that goodness. And she says that the connection and communication are the most common themes in all of Stephanie's personal endeavors. As a conscious channel, Stephanie is both a vessel to receive the messages as well as a guide to provide depth and context for the information coming through. And she uses her keen sense of humor, love, and compassion to join her clients in their spiritual experience. She also mentors clients in discerning their own inner voice of wisdom, enhancing their confidence and self-trust, improving their relationships, clarifying their soul purpose, and finding their laughter and joy. She is also the best-selling author of joining Joni, staying connected to your loved one through Dimension and Beyond. Stephanie is currently compiling her second book about her spiritual journey. And in her TEDx talk, I am an intuitive channel. She shares her unexpected experience with channeling and invites others to discover their own unique gifts. Let's dive into the conversation with this amazing individual now. Hey, Stephanie, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited for our conversation and whatever directions we take it. Yes, I always just leave it up to spirit. I'm like, okay, what do we need to hear and know right now today? And 
I visited your website and I just have to say, oh my gosh, it's so interesting. Some of the things that you offer, a lot of the guidance, and I'm just so curious. You're like an intuitive. You're also a channeler. What do you call yourself? So both, I call myself an intuitive channel. <laughs> oh, perfect. Hey, <laughs> just a combination. And for those who are not familiar with that terminology, I will just refer to myself as a medium because most of the mainstream does understand that word. And it's also fun to make jokes of it and say, you know, I'm a medium, but I'm not referring to my shirt size or, you know, something lighthearted yes. like that. <laughs> Yes. So are you the one that like connects like to the past loved ones and also like the angels and spirit guides, interdimensional beings? Yeah, we can basically channel from any perspective. So my clients really do tell me where we're going instead of me pulling in whatever's present. They will tell me I want to hear from an ancestor or loved one, or they want to hear from their spirit guides, or they want to hear from their own higher self, or they want to hear from their loved one who's here on the planet, I would say that's my zone of genius is to channel those that are here on the planet right now. So we can understand how to be in easier and more delightful relationship with one another. Oh my gosh. I just love that. And did you always have this ability or did you have it when you're a child or did you open up later on? I don't know. Honestly, I have always been highly sensitive. I've always talked to animals and trees and heard some level of communication from them in response. But in terms of formally channeling, that happened for me about 15 or so years ago when I had a best friend who channeled and she channeled my mother for me. At the time, my mother had dementia and I was really struggling to try to figure out what she needed, what our souls were here to do together, how I could support her journey because most of our conversations were ending with a lot of frustration. You know, dementia is a tricky thing to navigate. So that's how I learned was through my best friend. And when I realized wow, how much it changed my life and my relationship to my mom. I decided to get further trained and understand how this works and really put in the hours to be able to do this for myself and others. Oh my gosh. And so yeah, can you tell us more about the dementia channeling? So your mother had dementia and your friend was able to channel your mother. Can you explain how that works? Yeah. So when I'm channeling, or in this case, when my best friend was channeling for me, we're going to the soul perspective. It has nothing to do with the brain, right? Our soul is our essence. And when we go beyond the brain or the personality to go to the soul perspective of things, we really can understand things from a deeper place. And I believe that our souls come here sometimes with pre-existing relationships and agreements, sometimes with new beings, new souls in human skin to have relationships and experience, but all for the purpose of learning to love unconditionally and all for the purpose of growing and advancing ourselves and evolving as souls. So my mom and I were having struggle because her brain The pathways in her brain were breaking apart. That's what happens in dementia. And even though I was a speech pathologist and I had plenty of clinical experience working with people who had brain injury and dementia and Alzheimer's and strokes and all types of cognitive disorders, it's totally different when it's your own mom. And even though I could apply clinical understanding, I really couldn't find a place to connect with her on a level that I felt we could, I just didn't know how to get there. And when we go to the soul perspective, 
we can peel away all the layers that are in the way and go right to the essence and beauty and love and purpose of our relationships. So that's what we did. Oh my goodness. And would you mind, like, you don't want to get too personal, but what was that experience like? And did you learn from your mom in that moment? Did you learn like what she was thinking and feeling? Yeah. I mean, how would I describe it? I don't know that I'd say what she, I learned what she was thinking because we aren't doing the brain thing. We're Mm -hmm. not going to the thoughts of things, but I did learn what is her soul here to experience through the, this process of dementia, because we can look at it like, oh, this is a terrible affliction and what an awful thing to happen to someone. And, you know, look at all the negative aspects of it. And I'm not arguing with any of those because I've lived it. It is really, really challenging, difficult, heartbreaking, all of those things. And there are gifts in dementia. There are opportunities to grow. There are opportunities to get even closer because it's an invitation for us to not be so attached to the three-dimensional things, to not be so attached to what another person's reality is, not insist that they see things in the way you do, because she wasn't ever going to see things the way I did once her dementia really got going. She had her own world and it was really incumbent on me to find a way to join her. And that's what the channeling did. It let me figure out or what she communicated to me was an invitation, like, just join me. Don't try to convince me that it's a different way than how I'm experiencing it. Part of, for her, the dementia was giving her the gift of being fully present in a way that she couldn't have been with all the thoughts that she had before her dementia, right? So we oftentimes are walking around as just walking heads, (laughs) We're all up in our minds and we're thinking too much and we're disconnecting from everything and everyone around us. And in some moments, her dementia allowed her to be so much more connected, not in what she understood or from that perspective, but just in the beingness with one another. I think that I understand what you're saying. I just want to make sure because my grandmother had dementia and I remember her saying things that she was seeing and where she was. And it's like, no. And so I would play along with her and I'd be like, oh, okay. And maybe even ask some questions and almost make a game out of it. And even though she didn't know who I was, what we were doing, where we were, like actually, I was like, I'm still having a great time with my grandma. I'm still bonding with her. And I remember other people, they weren't, they were trying to get her to remember and to change. And I'm like, that's not going to work. So I might as well at least enjoy these moments that I have with her, even though she's not quote, seeing it the right way. And so does that make sense? Is that kind of like what you're talking about? That's it. That's beautiful. You said it beautifully. And it sounds like you lived it beautifully because I believe, and this is coming from a clinical background and also a deeply personal experience. One of the worst things we can do is to argue with someone who has any type of cognitive disorder. Their experience is real to them. And so for us to say, you know, my mom would walk outside, it would be 98 degrees and she would claim that it was freezing. Why would I argue with that? Just go get her her darn sweater, right? Like if this is what her reality is, fine, then let it be so. And, you know, she would sometimes say things that didn't make sense. 
And then it was up to the listener, me or someone else to try to find where there's some common understanding. And just like you said, so beautifully kind of go along with it. It is the kindest thing to do. It's also the most relationship enriching thing to do. I love that so much because what you're also reminding me is that some of the dementia experience, even though it is difficult and it's heartbreaking and stuff, you also have some really fun, sometimes even funny memories come out of it. Cause I'm remembering little stories that my grandma said, like, I remember one time she had like all these things hooked up onto her chest and it was so funny. Cause then she got kind of grumpy and then she yells at my aunt and my aunt's like, you can't take them off. You can't take them off. And she's like, I'm taking them off. She's like, was I here when they put them on there? No, I wasn't here. So I'm taking them off now. And I'm just like, how you were here. It's your body, grandma. <laughs> like, and so they make good memories. Had a, she had a point. Part of her probably was not there. <laughs> oh, it, yes, you're right. <laughs> and it was so funny. So I just love all those little memories. And I remember, you know, I see pictures and more memories come up of that time because I'm like, oh, I got to tell you just one more. It's so funny because she would always say, how's the family? Like every five minutes. <laughs> so. And so it was so funny because then she thought that I was my aunt Betty and my sister was my mom. And then I'm like, why do I have to be aunt Betty? Like, because aunt Betty was kind of like the black sheep of the family. And then my sister would be like, she keeps on calling me our mom's name. And I'm like, well, at least your mom, like I'm in freak, I'm like single and I'm in my twenties ready to mingle, but I am going shopping with my grandma at, you know, local store. And then she's yelling from the other side of like the freaking store Betty Ray Betty Ray and I'm like I do not want this hot guy next to me thinking that my name is Betty Ray <laughs> so. yes it makes for some very colorful interactions for sure my grandmother also had she had Alzheimer's not dementia and she would say some hilarious things when we were out in public and yes it's a very good exercise for the ego to let go <laughs> yeah you're right because it's both of us and they are actually like learning, but you're also learning too. You're also learning patience, which is something that I know that many of us don't have. Absolutely. And it, I learned a lot about advocacy too, like how to advocate for my mom when she couldn't communicate clearly anymore. And this is where the channeling really helped because it taught me how to trust myself and my knowing of my mother even if the language wasn't matching up with what I knew she wanted to express, I could trust our heart connection. I could trust my knowing, my understanding of her. And that helped me to advocate for her towards the end of her life, in the choices that we made, in the protection of her space. That's really important. Wow. I love that. And I have one question though, too, because we kind of touched on it and I don't know if you have any spiritual insight? Because you seem like you're very knowledgeable in both areas, both the scientific, but then also put like a spiritual twist on this. And we had talked a little bit about the hallucinations that they might have. Is there anything that shows like, oh my gosh, are they actually real? Are they actually seeing their past loved ones? Or are they actually seeing quote ghosts or something that was there, an energy imprint? Or is it just completely just their mind? Or is it a mix? I mean, how will we ever know, right? Because we can't ask them for the most accurate input, what they're, <laughs> what they are. And we can't, so therefore we can't really study it as far as I'm aware. And so we just have to trust that they are seeing or sensing what they're seeing or sensing, ask questions about it, show curiosity around it, take an interest and let it be. 
Oh my God. That is hilarious. I had to laugh at that because they don't make a lot of sense sometimes. So it's not like you can be like, okay, do you have a name of this person? So I can see if they died in this location or whatever it is. So yeah, you're right. There's no basis off of it. So I guess you have to maybe tune in yourself and see what you feel. (laughs) Yeah. Or just let it be part of a story, right? We don't have to validate everything all the time. That's one of the other beautiful things about dementia is it let me get out of my head in terms of having to make things just so, or just right, or make sense. Why? What? That's exhausting. And it's so not fun. Oh my gosh. You're so, you're so, so right. And now is this the same process and everything that we're talking about with people who are like in coma? Because some people talk about how they're in coma and then you can still connect like them on a soul level. Do you think that's the same? Well, I believe that we can connect with one another on the soul level. Absolutely. And we don't have to be compromised like in a coma or have some sort of degenerative brain disease in order to do that. Most of the times when I'm channeling, I'm channeling healthy, well people, you know, souls who are in healthy, well bodies and sound minds. And we are asking if it's a spouse or a partner, they want to know how they can best serve or how they can show up or what's the history of their soul relationship. Or if I'm channeling for a parent who wants to understand how they can give their child the space and the confidence and understanding that they need for their best soul's advancement and development. So yeah, we don't have to be, I haven't actually, I don't remember a time when I've channeled for someone who's in a coma. Of course you can, they still, they're a soul, but we don't, I believe we can, but we also don't have to be compromised to be able to connect at the soul level. Mm, I I love this so much. And now going back a little bit, because you touched on it is you said that you can, or you used to at least connect to trees. Now, what is that experience like? Are you saying that trees have souls or what is this? Oh, well, I believe so. Again, how do we prove such a thing, right? (laughs) You can't, at least in terms of science and what we can measure here, but that I'm aware of. I've been communicating with trees since I was very young. And so this is not a new thing for me. They are, as far as I am concerned, conscious beings. Now there is research that shows so much about trees that they communicate with each other, that when there is a tree in the forest that is sick, the other trees route sugars and nutrients through their mycelium, through the project, you know, the root projections to the sick tree. They care in community for one another. It is astonishing. It's astonishing what we do not understand about trees from a mainstream perspective that has been studied and proven in laboratories. So yes, there's so much we don't know. And every single tree is a friend of mine and every single tree is to be cherished. That totally makes sense because you know, a lot of us have heard about plants, like, oh, you should sing to your plants. And there's literally been studies done that if you talk to your plants and things like that, they grow better. And then there's actually been ones where they talk a lot of smack and they're really mean to their plants and they don't grow as well. And they use it oftentimes to show us on how we're talking to ourselves and how we treat ourselves. But just in that, with the plants that you have inside of your home, if it's true to that, then of course it's going to be true to like the forest and the trees and the living things outside. Absolutely. Same thing. If someone wanted to connect to a tree, how would that be? Do you know a process or can you share some tips? Yes, go hug it. That's my process and those are my tips. 
<laughs> we need more tree huggers out there. And it's been in the last few years that I have had the level of confidence to just randomly hug trees on my hikes. And sometimes I still do look around and see if anyone is there, but even if they are there, I still will just hug. And I remember last time I was in Ohio last summer and I was hugging a tree and a woman came around the bend and smiled at me. And I said something like, yeah, tree hugger here. And she said, oh, me too. I just finished hugging a tree around the bend. Yes. <laughs> so I am calling forward all tree huggers. It's time. Oh Our earth is suffering. These plants, these, these animals, the trees, they need us. So connect that way. They've done studies where they will have someone who's meditating sit at the base of the tree and they study the flow, the xylem and phloem of the fluids that, that run up and down the tree. And when the meditator has been in practice with that tree for a while, the their heartbeat or their breath rate, I think it's their breath rate, actually starts to match up with the tree's movement of mm-hmm. Wow. With the xylem and flow. I'm not the trees movement as in it's swaying, yeah. but yes, that's how connected we are. We are not these separate beings. We are part of a very connected web of life. It's so funny because the very first thing that I did when I started opening up like spiritually, because I didn't open up till like later and I was, I learned about grounding and I learned about hugging trees and I don't have any trees in my backyard. So my husband, who at the time, like definitely wasn't spiritual. I wasn't spiritual either. I was just barely learning. And so I was barefoot in our front yard and there was this big pine tree. So you can't really hug the base, you know, it's like all pine. And I was just holding on to a pine branch and my husband's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I heard this is good for you. And he was like, the neighbors are looking. I'm like, I don't care. But I got to tell you a story. And I think everybody listening that would love to hear this too. It's so nuts is because I, of course, you know, went across my, you know, down my spiritual journey and I ended up in like a park area and I really felt guided to this tree and I loved this tree and I hugged this tree. And it was really weird was that once I left my arm that I was like really using to connect to the tree, it felt so much better. It felt like it was like healed. And so then of course, a few hours go by and then all of a sudden the pain starts coming back. And I'm like, you know, I'm really guided to that tree. I think that tree offered me healing. So I went back there the same day and it was coming back. It wasn't as bad as it was, but it was still, it kind of reminded me of chiropractic care. Do you ever go to a chiropractor and you feel so much better, but then after a little bit of time, you know, if you don't go consistently, it might come back. That's how I felt. But I wanted to see if it was this tree that truly did it. So when I went back, the tr obviously the tree was still there and I talked to it. And then I asked it, I was like, Hey, if you are really offering me that healing, could you do it again? Sure enough, it happened again, completely like, Oh my gosh. And it was like that for probably it never went as painful as it ever did. But I'm like, my gosh, do I need to make appointments with this tree <laughs> and be like, hey, whatever you're doing is working. Just keep it up. <laughs> yeah, that's the beauty. You don't have to make appointments. They are just there. <laughs> they are there and they they do love us. I mean, nature loves life. So we have a role to play, I believe, in coming back to what is the interconnectedness and our responsibility. You know, the planet's suffering right now. The trees are suffering. We are clear-cutting forests at a horrific rate. So each of us has a role to play in the regeneration and replenishment of this planet. And it can start with hugging trees. It's that simple.
Oh my gosh. I love that. Cause it's like a little like to do thing that we can do. And just like you said, you know, you can do it like on a hike, on a walk, or you can be like a weirdo like me, or maybe you can do it in your backyard and private, you know, you know, we first starting off because I know that many of us are like, Oh, I'm going to look weird. Well, look at you. You decided to take that chance and look weird. And then look at that. You found a friend that is equally yeah. as weird as you, right? Yeah. Um, I actually had my son too start to become a tree hugger. So we just started like hugging trees all the time. Now I have another question because it's very rare. I think when I find someone that's so like knowledgeable, like, and really connected with nature. And so I noticed that when I try to connect with like my plants, like outside and even like trees and things like that, it's like, oh, their vibration, their energy kind of matches the way that they look sometimes. It's like, this one is kind of like crazy. And I don't know, I get a weird energy, but then when you look at them, they're also not grown perfectly. They're also the one that's kind of like weird. Do you ever get those vibes from them or? I do feel, yeah, I feel frequency from trees and each one is maybe slightly different. For me, there's like, I guess, a foundational signature of plant energy that I feel and then a foundational signature even of, of animal energy. So wild animals have a frequency that that feels different to me than say my dog's energy. But yeah, I think, and that's how it probably is for humans as well. We just do emanate a different type of frequency and energy. And that's probably why some people feel really safe and comfortable to us and other people, even if we don't know them, just being near them might feel prickly or, you know, like we need to give a little bit more space or distance to, to being further away from them. Yes. Wow. It has me thinking back on like some of the experiences and those kinds of things. And so you just brought up wild animals. Have you ever connected to like a wild animal or, or do, you, yeah. do you sense things? Yeah, I do. I, I'm a huge fan of elephants. I feel just so much love and admiration oh, yeah. and devotion to elephants. And so I will channel them, you know, sometimes I've also been in a channeling where somebody was channeling the whales as a collective and oh my gosh, that felt transformational to me. Yeah. Just such a beautiful, powerful energy. And if you look at how humans are dealing with that's I, I, I'm getting emotional when you're saying that. So yeah. what do the whales have to say? Because all of a sudden it's like, I'm feeling very emotional and almost embarrassed, you know, yeah. like, are they, they're just hurt by what we're doing. Well, this was, I can't remember the specifics because the channeling was probably about 10 or 12 Mm. years ago, but I do remember feeling in that transmission that their wisdom, we really need to awaken. We really need to pay attention to what all the beings and no matter what their form is that they are taking because whales, you know, they are, they're in pods, they're in families, they care for their young. There's so much power and beauty to them and the way that they live. And so we need to be the observers of that and not the exploiters and, you know, the destroyers. So we have a lot to course correct, but by acknowledging them as sentient beings, which of course they are, that's an important step. And then by recognizing that our actions will either contribute to their well-being or detract from their well-being. And this goes for every living being on the planet. There's no neutral action, I don't believe. We're either contributing to something's well-being or we are contributing to the opposite of that. And from the purchases that we make to the thoughts that we think to the clothing that we wear to all of it. 
Okay. I'm writing down some notes and everything because you're giving us so much information. That's just so amazing. Like you've already helped us with, you know, learning about a little bit more about dementia, learning about connecting with trees, you know, connecting with the soul, connecting with animals. And now I'm like, okay, you've already like stolen my heart. Like, okay, I am ready to do all of this. And now you're literally giving us like a how to almost on ways that we can help. And what I'm getting from this too, especially with the actions part too, is it's up to you how you want to contribute. It's not about going ahead and going off and being a missionary somewhere and, you know, that you want to do that thing you can, but it's like just being more conscious of your actions and knowing that your action is even contributing to the disaster or whatever it is, or it's helping it. And so just being more mindful of those actions is going to help you make that little bit of difference that's going to um, compound over time. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's how it works. We are not going to all of a sudden, every one of us awaken and change our behaviors. That's not how humans operate. We move slowly when it comes to making changes. And this can be infuriating if you tend towards impatience as I do, but it is, it's how we can sustain change is by making small steps in a consistent way towards a particular direction. And the particular direction that I'm inviting myself and all of us to enter into is to be restorers of this planet, replenish the beautiful, amazing, powerful, gorgeous natural resources, and to come back into balance and harmony with the natural rhythms of life. We are, most of us are really outside of that. We are operating from high stress, low rest, constant pressures. And it really does, it separates us from everybody, everything. And it's a very lonely and distressing way to live. Oh, that's so true. I feel like almost like one of the other things is like getting outside more just because I always tell people, I'm like, that's where energy lives. It's living energy. And inside there's no living energy unless you have plants, you know, those kinds of things. I was like, so you got to get out because that's going to feed your own prana, your own chi, your own energy. And I don't know, I've been spending a lot of time outside lately and you do feel more connected and you feel like you almost you almost feel that sense of a bigger picture. There's more going on than when you get stuck inside and inside of your house and your own little problems. And when you're outside, it doesn't feel so bad. (laughs) Absolutely. The natural world is the best place for us to drain energy that doesn't serve us to draw up energy that does. The earth's energy is very cleansing, clearing, nourishing. So we can pull that up from the soles of our feet. You know, if we do that, earthing and barefoot on the earth. Yes. And then, you know, when it's going to be a full moon, just get outside and gaze at it. It's so wonderful to remember how small we are and how vast this universe is. Oh my gosh. Okay. I don't know why, but that just feels like it's a bow on like all the golden nuggets that you have given us. I think that is 1000% like one of our first homework assignments is like, get out, look at the moon just for a few minutes, allow like the stress of the day just to melt for two minutes, three minutes, five minutes, whatever you can do. I think a little bit goes a long way. (laughs) Yes. So I, oh my gosh, like, I think that I'm like so mesmerized by you and I feel like so many other people are too. So where can we find you? Where we can we learn more? Oh, you can go to my website. It's soulinsight.com, S-O-U-L-I-N-S-I-G-H-T. And I have my workshops on there and you can schedule channeling sessions. You can join me for a channeling group, whatever 
feels good and right to you, you'll know, follow your intuition on that. Oh, I love that. And I will definitely have it all linked below so that you can keep in touch with her. And oh my gosh, I just want to say thank you so much for spreading your wisdom to us. I feel like you have just created some like light warriors, (laughs) you know, so like behind you. And we're just like, I don't know. I just feel like you have really opened me up. I used to do a lot of little things, you know, for the earth as I was like walking, going throughout my day. And I have kind of stopped that, you know, we get busy. So now thanks to you, I'm like, okay, I'm going to start it back up again. And I'll probably run outside and hug a tree today before I go to bed. Just being like, thank you. It's been a while. <laughs> yes. Good. Good. You're going to create a tree hugging movement. <laughs> so. I, I intend to. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much. I know this was a short one, but I feel like it's sweet because you just, it was such a potent time with you. So I just want to say thank you so much. I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you too. I did as well, Heather. Thanks for tuning in to the Spiritual AF Life podcast. You'll find all the links to resources and more in the show notes. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss out on the incredible episodes that are coming up.